Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Ricky. And this is Season 3, Episode 20 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. Uh, should come out on the 2nd of November, 2020. We'll see if I put that up right. Um, but otherwise, we're going to be talking about um, some apple cider. The first one from this half of the season that's not something that I brewed or like had in my house. Um, we're also going to talk about some other like tech stuff. Um, and maybe some uh, some stuff that's got to do with more brewing tech than tech tech. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, the cider that we're talking about this time is 4.3 ABV. It's the Stem Ciders Hibiscus Session Apple Cider. And this is um, Colorado cider. It's gluten-free, which I think all ciders should be gluten-free. Um, yeah, I'd imagine but so. it comes from stem uh ciders i guess is the brew house i don't see anything else about them um so yeah have you tried it yet yeah i've taken a couple sips it's not too bad it's uh, a little bit on the the drier side maybe like a semi-dry but the hibiscus comes out pretty good yeah there's some nice floral notes to it reminds me of something that i just brewed recently (laughs) so Mm -hmm. we'll see if that if i end up having some of the same notes that end up with this but mine mine has a little bit more alcohol in it so it's uh it's hard for me to smell it because i think i now it just smells like ardbeg to me so you may have to smell it and see oh yeah no but it actually it has a good smell it's it smells sweeter than it is it's got like some of those nice floral notes that you get from hibiscus i mean it it smells like hibiscus i guess it's a better way to put it. it it smells like hibiscus now that i'm smelling the can um it so tasting it, um, it it has that nice hibiscus flavor to it, but it's not quite, I don't know. It's a nice, it's got very nice color looking through the, mm-hmm. um, the color of it um, in, in the little taster glass that I have. Um, I, I really wish I could smell it from the taster. I'm, I'm kind of bummed that I didn't rinse this out really good with water before I put this in there, but this should uh, help me rinse it out. Um, anyways, I, I think the thing for me is it's not complex enough. Like I would expect there to be a little bit more of like the tea complexity that you get from like a hibiscus tea, um, or like if they would have paired it with like a raspberry. So like it's an apple, raspberry, hibiscus kind of flavor. I like it, but it's not as complex as I would like for it to be, I think. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, hibiscus itself is not a very overwhelming flavor. It's pretty light, you know, and I don't even think, I don't think they brewed it with hibiscus. If you read the side of the can, they like mix it in with hibiscus tea, which I mean, that's fine. But I don't know. It's not bad but I think it could be improved. I think it really maybe would have helped if it wasn't like brewed tea, because that seems to be what the can is indicating, is that they brewed hibiscus tea, and they just mixed it with apple juice and made this. Whereas I think it might have been better if they had made like a standard cider and then essentially let the hibiscus tea kind of like cold brew in it, like just let the tea seep into the already existing one. I think you get a little bit more concentrated flavor that way. Well, so um, interesting enough that you say that, one of the reasons I had a point of comparison for this 
is that I basically made a hibiscus tea, put it in some apple juice and made like something kind of like this. And mine has a much stronger hibiscus flavor. Now mine was a hibiscus raspberry tea. It wasn't just hibiscus, but it brought out more of those kind of flavors that I would be looking for. This is just a much lighter thing. Yeah. It's And it's also fairly dry, which kind of mutes some of those flavors because it's so light. Uh, it needs a little bit more sweetness, I think, to bring up some of this. But it, for mine, I felt like the raspberry played off really well from the hibiscus. I'm, it's so much so that I thought about doing something like maybe a hibiscus ginger tea or, you know, something like that, um, you know, at some point, and then putting all of that into a uh, blend that I make like a cider with. Um, it's kind of, it, it need the hibiscus needs just a little something else, I think, to go with it. Or there has to be, like you said, a very concentrated hibiscus flavor that adds to the, to, to the stuff. The hibiscus gives it a lovely color though, mm -hmm. I think. So if you're looking for a nice red um, color to your apple cider, that's good. It's not something, so what would you say? Is this something that people should probably try? I think so. I mean, it's not my personal, like, preferred flavor, but it's not a bad cider. I mean, my wife would probably drink this pretty easy. I think most people that like ciders or or dry white wine would probably enjoy this. Um, I could see someone that likes, like, maybe a um, Chardonnay, maybe not, maybe like a Pinot Grigio or something. Uh, Pinot Grigio is probably a little bit sweeter. Something that's in between a Pinot Grigio and like a, a, a Chardonnay or a Blanc um, would be nice. You know, a rosé. I think this is more like a rosé. Um, it's just, it's a little bit dry um, for for my taste. So, Have you heard about this Facebook thing where there were people that after Facebook switched over to the uh, Oculus Facebook thing, they couldn't get logged into their quests and their... You know, it, Oculus Rifts and things like that. No, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, I, I could really stop paying attention to Oculus after they made the announcement. You would need the Facebook account. <laughs> well, so th this is just something I read about and um, heard about um, just in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but basically, after they made that switch, and, and by the time this comes out, this will be kind of older news anyway, so this will be, be like two weeks from now. But basically... Um, you know, they, they set this up, they did this thing and then, um, there was some bug, you know, it's something that they'll work out of course, but there was some bug and I just thought, oh, that's just, that's like a, a wonderful, cruel irony, especially given us talking about like how, you know, you were kind of disappointed that they had done this earlier. Uh, I just, I thought this was like the perfect topic just to bring up and, and talk about, you know, do you, do you have any rants that you want to go on about how terrible it is that you have to have a facebook account to log into your oculus device well, it is awful and you know? we discussed that in a previous podcast but i like how they're forcing this terrible awful thing on people and it doesn't even work yep it's amazing right it seems like just the sort of thing that a big company who doesn't really give a crap about other people would do 
<laughs> to mess up uh, somebody's enjoyment of the product that they bought, but they don't control. Mm-hmm. I, and and I, I think this is just the, it, what this epitomizes for me is that concept, right? Um, you, we're, we want to know everything about you. We're going to figure out our best way to market you so that we can sell stuff to you. And the thing, but the things that we sell to you are ours. They're not yours. Mm-hmm. So when you get them, you have to use them the way that we want you to. You have to, you know, be inside of our, um, way of doing things. And when we tell you that you need to buy a new one or you need to move on to another one, you need to do that. And then this old thing is that was great yesterday is no longer good today. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So now that we've talked about that and, you know, we're kind of moving on, um, how much storage and hard drive space do you think is needed for like a home computer, laptop or desktop, doesn't matter which one you choose. What do you think is like the, the proper amount of storage that you need for a, for a computer? I think it depends on what you want to use the computer for, but if we're saying just like a standard home computer with as cheap as it is, I'd almost say like a terabyte. Mm. So get yourself a one terabyte drive. If we're like a regular home computer, it should easily last you an incredibly long time. You know, if you're gaming, maybe any more than that, you know, I have like two and a half terabytes for my gaming computer. And I feel like that's still not quite as much as I want. I have about 20 terabytes in my gaming computer. <laughs> um, so I don't think that I'm, I don't think that I'm the average person when it yeah. comes to this. That is my gaming computer, by the way, that's not my NAS. I have a 32 terabyte NAS. I have another 10 terabyte, um, set up like steam cache. I have like some pretty ridiculous, um, storage options for a computer. I have a laptop that has 12 terabytes in it or 10 terabytes, 10 terabytes. No, wait a second. It's 12. Um, so I'm not the, I'm not the person that you should talk to and say, how much computing space do you need to be able to work? Cause you know, I have this, but now, so let's suppose, let's, let's, let's re-ask this question. If it's a work computer, like one where you're not, you're not, you're the average work worker, not some sort of content creator or something like that. You're the average worker. How much space do you need on that computer? Need is hard to say because it, it's on job role and stuff. But I'd say, again, with how cheap it is, it would cost to put in the computer. Well, like half a terabyte. I don't really think work computers need as much as like the average home computer. Because the stuff that's really eating up space are like, your music and your videos and like a bunch of apps you install for like stuff just to have at home. I feel like most work computers, they don't want you to put that stuff on there anyway, even if you do it. Yeah. So I would agree with that. I think, I, I, I think that you're probably right that it depends on the situation. Um, however, mm-hmm. from what, and I, I just, I was just thinking about this earlier this mm-hmm. week. That's why I threw this topic on here. What, what I really, think the the idea behind this stuff is though is that most people they have some sort of cloud storage that they can offline this stuff to so you may have 500 gigs on your computer 
but you've got one drive and you've got two terabytes on there um, you know and you can just upload all your photos and stuff like that to that and you're good and then you can just have them offline storage and given so let, let, let's think about this from a perspective of you're in a you're in a country where maybe your internet connectivity is set to the whim of the government and anytime someone does something that displeases them and that or they feel like is going to cause a problem they cut off the internet or maybe your internet connectivity is just junk like you can barely upload anything does that change the answer as to how much access to storage you need i mean if you are a person that uses cloud storage yeah that's definitely a situation you don't want to be stuck in um, I still hold, I think about half a terabyte is good for a work computer, regardless of any external storage. It's really hard to hit that number with like standard work related stuff, like just plain like Word, Excel, you know, PDF, stuff like that. You know, even your email archives. I've not deleted a single email I've ever gotten at this job. That I've had at this point for almost 10 years from when I started back at the GBS. And I think it's 20 gigs, but you're right in the sense that you really shouldn't be overly relying on cloud storage because one, cloud storage companies can go out of business. You know, OneDrive probably won't, but plenty of the smaller ones that go in and out all the time, who knows where your data is going to be. And two, if your internet ever goes down or you lose access to your account for some reason, you know, even outside all the security concerns of, hey, what if somebody gets your files? You know, you don't want to be relying on that as primary storage. That's a convenience thing. If you've got like, you know, photos is the good example. You want to sync your phones up to some cloud thing that way on any machine you can have your photos where it makes restoring to your phone a bit easier. Okay, cool. But definitely don't be putting things you need daily up there. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think I think that it it really depends on your your situation when it comes down to what you need and that having something where you're mostly um, concerned about being able to access that storage fast, you may want to get something that's either your, your computer has a ton of local storage or you may want to be in a place where you have a ton of local storage on your network. And I think that's really where most every house should have a NAS. And that NAS should probably back up to something. And then your computer should back up to that NAS probably. And a NAS is not really a backup. It's more of a thing, like a network attached storage for anybody that might be listening that doesn't know what the, the you know, verbiage for NAS means. It's something that is an appliance that you can put on your network and then you can put information on it. So either to share information like via Samba share or something like that, or you could set it up on your network to be able to do like some sort of media server or something like that. Uh, my NAS does, you know, several different things for me, but allows me to back up my computer and, you know, do, do a couple other things. I'm really happy with having that, you know, 32 terabytes of storage, but and, and this is a big butt, a big, big old butt. Um, but the, this, this is a big butt. It, it's still not a backup. 
And so all of my important stuff I have backing up to a cloud service. But, you know, it, it makes me think that, and it's not OneDrive or something like that, it's an actual backup service. But it makes me think, you know, if the internet goes out and I can't get access to things, I really need to make sure that I have, that I'm keeping some sort of CD drive, tape drive, something like that, that's a local storage of this content. Um, because, you know, the $10 I pay a month for, for being able to have, that doesn't mean that this is going to stay in service. It doesn't mean that at some point in time, we're not going to have some idiot in this area who decides that they don't like something that somebody else did and they shut down the internet for a couple days or a week or a month or whatever. Uh, and it keeps us from being able to get out and do stuff. So, you know, I want to be able to watch movies and, <laughs> and yeah. do other things, but I still would like to be able to get access to important stuff. Like if I need financial documentation or something like that. So I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking about that now because I may need to come up with a different strategy where I have something maybe in my house that's in like a fireproof safe, um, that, that can be set up. And, um, if everything else gets burned down, I still have that. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, something to think about. Words of wisdom. Uh, no real answers here. The musings of some old man who's has a collection of everything digital <laughs> that he wants to keep around, doesn't want to lose. Um, so let's talk about uh, forced carbonation. This is something, I, I know we kind of talked about it like when we were playing D&D um, with everybody last Thursday. Um, but, you know, nobody on the podcast gets to really listen to us play D and D well, except for maybe like a few people, but yeah, nobody that really listens to this thing. Well, no, that's, that's not exactly what I mean. What I'm saying is there's a very small sub subset of people that get to listen to us play D and D. Not everybody that's on the podcast gets to. Um, so I've, I've really had a hard time carbonating my beverages. Um, and I yeah. got a little bit of a bonus recently and I bought a whole bunch of stuff. So I bought, a CO2, um, like a two and a half pound, um, or two and a half, uh, is it two and a half pound? I don't know, whatever. The two, two and a half, um, version of the CO2 tank. And then there's the five version, uh, and so on and so forth. And I'm, I'm not educated in this at all. So I'm, I'm trying to work through it and I just sound like I'm bumbling through it. But the point is that I'm starting to get into that area. Um, and I, I was using like some, some other equipment. Um, I'm probably going to have some carbonated ginger beer here shortly. And now I'm having to figure out how do I fill the bottles and the growlers that I want to fill with this stuff without like making a big foamy mess everywhere. I don't know yet. I've seen beer guns and stuff like that to do it, but, um, I'm not sure that that's actually how I want to go, the route I want to go for this. So uh, it's going to be something very interesting when it comes down to it. When I eventually start going that route, okay. I imagine I'm going to I'm going to make some like interesting um, mistakes along the way. I've already made a few mistakes. Like I did. Did you know that if you take like say one of those gallon kegs that I've got, you fill it up with CO2. And then you try to drink it immediately, 
there's not going to be it's it's going to pour the the beer out, but there's not going to be any like actual CO two really. Oh, yeah, in the liquid. yeah, it's got to sit for a while and sink in. Right, I didn't know that. Now I I know a whole bunch about a bunch of other things, you know, gases and aside from general knowledge about well, I probably know a little bit more than general knowledge, but like when it comes to like actual like the chemistry of these things, that's not my area of expertise. Never has been. So. You know, I didn't know that. So the the beers that I've been making that I've been like, you know, my CO2 game's just been off. With I don't understand why I put the cartridge in and then I do the thing and it doesn't work. Well, that was why. Because I was putting it in and I wasn't letting it like sink in. So like if I'd have let it sit, sit there for like two day a day or whatever, put it like back in the fridge, it would have been fine. It would've, I would have had CO2 in there. But I, yeah. I didn't have a place in the fridge to put it. So uh, the... the the mistakes we made. I don't know. what. So how are you planning on, are you ever planning on carbonating anything or doing anything like that? Like, Yeah, I used to bottle carb stuff, but it's kind of a pain, so I stopped doing it. I think we talked about it on one of the Freeform episodes once about doing forced carbonation like this. And really, it's just the way to go. There's so much more control over, you know, putting gas into a keg at a certain, you know, pressure than there is just, I'll throw some sugar in and it'll come out to what it comes out to, you know? I've even considered like doing the thing where you take the carbonation out of one keg, put it into another keg, and then you use that, like the, the gas that comes out of your brew when it's bleeding off, you bleed it off into another keg and then, and then put it back into, to carbonate the, the brew. I've seen some people do some stuff like that. It's been, there's like a bunch of different ways to do this, but I think ultimately, you know, after talking to some of our friends and stuff, this is just the only way to go. So I'm probably going to end up making like maybe a kegerator and a keezer. Keezer probably for outside and a kegerator for, um, you know, my, somewhere in my office. Mm. <laughs> I don't know where I'd put it. I don't really have much room in here uh, to put stuff like that, but I might, I might, um, Put it over where my second rack is near my desk or something. I don't know. It's a kind of interesting thing for me to think about how I might make that happen. Um, yeah. So what about Baldur's Gate 3? Yeah, we've talked about that a little bit. I'm, I'm more interested in getting it now that I've learned from you that the story is different. That's pretty big. Because I didn't want to spoil myself, and I felt like I wouldn't have as much motivation to go play it again when it comes out. On the other hand, I'm still rocking Hades pretty hard. That's a good game that me and my wife just can kind of pass back and forth. We just do a run. And then Cyberpunk's coming out real soon. So we'll see. It's to be coming out real soon. We'll see. They've delayed it a whole bunch, um, which I don't yeah. mind. If they get it right, yeah. I'm, I'm cool with them. According Baldur's to them, it's though. already gone gold. So it shouldn't, there shouldn't be any more delays unless there's like a issue with like processing the game. Yeah. Yeah. That I don't think, I, I think they'll probably, I mean, CD project reds pretty good about those things. Same thing with like the Witcher. I'm, I'm looking forward to it uh, tremendously. Um, I, I ended up having to get the collector's edition on PlayStation, I think. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what ends up happening with that. I can't, I can't wait to get my hands on it, but I still got to do my CCIE, man. There's too many good things coming out right now. Yeah. 
<laughs> too many it's good hard, things. Hard. <laughs> hard, it's hard to make that time. So let, let's let's get back to Baldur's Gate 3 for just a minute, though. So one of the things that really excited me about this game, you know, I've played both Baldur's Gate. I've played both Icewind Dales. I've played um, all of the, um, the uh, Dungeons and Dragons Neverwinter Nights and uh, Pool of Radiance. Like, I've been playing it since computer games um aside from the old forgotten realms games um that were um kind of 80s early 90s computer games um when when i grew up enough to be interested in things like that and to be able to i've been collecting or buying so i had like the original icewind dale you know game um that came out on pc and stuff like that and i've even gotten the um the old PlayStation uh, Baldur's Gate games. I don't know. Did you ever play those on PlayStation 2? Um, yeah, I played the ones that were more like the action games and the, like, top-down. Yeah, ARPG mm-hmm. action game kind of deal. Th- those were tons of fun. I loved them. I played through it with a couple friends. Um, you know, and, and like, I'm probably going to end up, I still have them, but I'm probably going to end up playing through them again because I just keep, like, I've got so many things that I'm like, oh, I just, I love this stuff. But Baldur's Gate 3... If you like the play of Divinity Original Sin, Divinity Original Sin 2, it's like that, but the the early access game has like almost double the amount of interactions and things that you can do. And I think even so my understanding was they were going to do the story, they were going to do like a a different story and they only allow you to have certain access to certain parts of the story at the beginning. So you don't get to see everything. Um while it's in early access, you don't get to, you, you, you can't play, play one of the characters that you can't play as one of the main characters that, you know, come out. So you, so you can't play as the, um, the Githyanki woman or any of those people, even though you can make your own character that's, that's similar enough to them, mm-hmm. uh, which makes you not be able to have access to some of the backgrounds and the stories and things like that. So that also changes the gameplay. Um, but it has about double the amount of interactions that the finished definitive edition of Divinity 2. And that game is huge. Like, there's so much. I, I've I, it's, I've gone through and played it multiple times. And even with mods on, I haven't, like, I don't find things that are repetitive. Or I just keep finding new things to do right in that game. And this game has... Like almost double the amount on top of that of stuff that you can do. So I I just can't imagine that playing the early access would also mess you up from like being able to see what's going on in the game when it gets released later. So I really think you should check it out, man. I think you would enjoy it, and you can still play multiplayer. Yeah. Plus, yeah, the multiplayer is the thing that's got me most interested. That seems like a really fun game to play with a couple people. Yeah, I think so too. I think it would be. A, a really awesome game to play through with a couple of people. Um, yeah, even if it's just one other person and you got like maybe uh, like Shadow Heart or one of the other, the Gith Yankee woman, mm-hmm. you get like a couple of people that can like, you know, travel with you. It's a, it's, it's a, it'd be a blast. Um, and then everybody else can just be back in your, uh, you, you have like a place where you can go and like camp at night um, that allows you to do this stuff. I'm I'm really stoked for this. I think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of 
the way I felt when I first started playing Dragon Age, the very first Dragon Age, mm-hmm. um, and then Dragon Age Inquisition, like both games. And I still play Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, like I'm going through another run right now, just like every now and then I'll pick it up and play it on my PlayStation. This game just kind of reminds me of that fun um, stuff that that you that I had with with those games. So. Yeah. Well, uh, you got anything else you want to say about that? No, it sounds like it's a good game. I'll have to check it out at some point. I'm just not sure exactly when. Okay. Well, then, this has been Season 3, Episode 20 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. We really appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, we have a Twitter and, you know, some other things like that where you can contact us on social media. So all those links are below if you want to, like, check us out, see what we've been doing. Um, you know, sometimes when I do brew days, I, I post them up and, and you guys can can see some of the stuff that I've done. I haven't done it as much this year, but maybe I'll start again. It'll be kind of fun. Uh, otherwise, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.